Getting split ready. Getting split ready. Getting split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the March edition of Getting Split Ready Quarantine Edition, our first virtual podcast. And um, we're going to talk about some of the issues that impact people during times like this, during divorce. We have a great panel today. Catherine McMahon-Vivanco. Also joining our panel is Amy Schillinger, Clinical Director, President, and Owner of Balance Stress Management and Therapy. Amy is a licensed marriage and family therapist and art therapist, and she's also trained in EMDR for trauma. She's also a mindfulness teacher. We're going to jump right in talking about divorce decrees and leading off the conversation, Catherine McMahon-Vivanco from Kat Stefani. Catherine is a mediator and a fellow at the Collaborative Law Institute of Illinois and a member of the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals. Talk a little bit about, you know, Mariah and I were talking the other day about what do you do with like parenting plans and divorce decrees and everything that comes with a divorce when all of a sudden you have to shelter in place and stuff like that. Yeah, it seems like right now a lot of plans are kind of just going out the window. Um, it's a very stressful time. There's kids home from school. People are trying to work from home. Um, it, it's going to be a difficult time for people to follow their parenting plans. I think the number one thing is communicating and making sure that you're communicating with um, your co-parent about what's going on, um, making decisions, where are the kids going to be, who's going to be home with them. Um, but yeah, a lot of these plans are, are out the window. We're not able to exercise our regular parenting time. You know, I think a big factor is our parents working from home and where are the kids going to be during the day and can they even go back and forth? At some point, it might not be safe for them, you know, to be going back and forth to different households. What about dealing with like, you know, just the challenges with some of the personalities, right? Because people are looking at things and saying, hey, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to have some help here. If you end up the parent who, who's now 24 uh, seven, seven days a week, potentially what I'm hearing, you know, my kids are off until April 3rd and we just got a shelter in place. How do you, how do you deal with that? I think that that's a good question. That's what everyone's trying to figure out. Um, again, I think the best way to deal with it is communicate what's going on and coming up with a joint plan. But yeah, if you're the parent with the kids and you're, you're on 24 seven, um, it's very challenging just to, to jumble that. I think people are really just trying to do the best that they can. I think people need to stay mentally healthy, physically healthy, um, communicate with the co-parent, you know, what's, what's going on and, and making the best decisions that they can make. Um, Amy, from your perspective, you know, what do you see from a therapy perspective? Does it add a lot of stress with the parenting plan when you've got, um, you know, this going on and how do you deal with your clients? Absolutely. It adds stress to the parenting plan. I mean, already today I've had, um, co-parents that are almost forced to communicate more than they're more than they usually do. Right. And so for me, it's a lot about teachable moments with clients and just saying like, hey, you know, we're all in this together and right now you don't have a choice. 
you have to speak to that person in order to make better decisions for your family. Um, you know, there are still a lot of parents that are co-parents that, that just don't talk at all. And we, in this time, we have to kind of rally together and, and learn how to communicate um, on the fly. So. so, well, anybody, you know, because we got such a great panel here and, you know, um, is there now a visibility to this and should people be building their divorce decrees to, to take the stuff into account? Well, I think in our divorce decrees, we always build a lot of these things in. We always have a plan on communication. So, you know, we build in, um, how are we communicating? Are we using a parenting app? Are we using our family wizard or talking parents or app close? Are we communicating by email and text? Um, you know, some of our higher conflict, conflict cases, we actually have a, a, an agreement where they send a weekly email on every Sunday with everything that happened during the week. I mean, we, we do get into a lot of detail often, but certainly these things should be built in um, because then there's at least parameters in place. We know how we're communicating. We, we do that as much as we can. One of the questions that I had today was from a client, and I think this isn't uncommon in general, but people are reacting to this situation differently, right? Some people are taking it very seriously, you know, sheltering in place voluntarily before they're being told to do so. And some people are out and about and not taking it quite as seriously. And there's plenty to argue about that. But if two people who share children are taking it differently, how do they find agreement there? Um, the question that was posed to me was, you know, my ex-husband isn't taking this seriously at all can I keep my kids from him? And so the legality and the practicality of all that becomes an issue as well. Any thoughts on that? I've seen that come up quite a bit also. Um, I had a client the other day, the same thing where she did not want her husband to take the child out to a place and he did anyway. She was very upset. I think that's coming up a lot. Um, as far as can you keep the children away from your, your co-parent, um, you know, in general, in court, we can file motions to restrict someone's parenting time. It's a very high standard and a very high threshold. At this point of where we're at with what's going on in the current state, I don't think we're quite to that threshold yet of saying, hey, I need the court to step in and really limit this. We don't know where this is going to go, but maybe, you know, a week from now, if, if we're in a very um, a even stricter situation than we're in now, and there's clear violations and clear someone's clearly jeopardizing the health or safety of a child, you know, we may be able to do that. But again, now we need to get access to the courthouse to do that, which is also being right. extremely limited. So, you know, again, I think people have to use their best judgment. And again, it's all about communicating. And that's where I think someone like Amy, you know, as a therapist, we need a lot of people need therapists to help them, help them figure out how to, how to communicate. And they, like you said, they just, they have to figure it out right now. Because well, divorce and judgment, good judgment, always go together, I'm sure. Definitely. Right. <laughs> safe to say, too, though, that one of the costs of this um, national emergency is that some parents are going to miss out on parenting time, particularly if distance is an issue. If you have one parent in Chicago, one parent in New York, and the parent in New York is supposed to get spring break, that's just not going to happen right now, probably. And then how do we adjust for that? Right, that's right. I think on, on my end, both parties right now are very worried about either the children being like permanently kind of stuck with one of the parents or stuck with themselves and they still have to work and just the ramifications on both ends of that. 
And I think too, we may see some shifts where the primary uh, wage earner or the heavier wage earner may be the one who is suddenly unemployed and the person who, you know, maybe worked in a grocery store has the most secure employment and the most needed employment of the two. So shifting the parenting plan to adjust to different uh, work scenarios is important too. I think as you had touched on, flexibility is going to be paramount, but not always necessarily the strength of divorcees. Catherine, touching on something you said, um, you know, the court's like, when you're dealing with this stuff right now, and we were talking a little bit before in the virtual green room, I guess you could call it, um, but what do you do when an emergency motion has to happen or something has to, has to move forward and you just don't even have access to the legal system? So right now, um, you know, every state and every county is doing things differently. Um, but, you know, here in Cook County and the neighboring counties, we right now we do have access to emergency judges. Um, they're, they're limited and you have to have a true emergency to go there. So they are going to have strict sanctions and penalties for people that abuse that and really go in on something that's not emergent. But yes, if there is an emergency situation, a child is in danger, um, you know, something really, really dangerous is going on. As of now, we do have access to those judges. Um, the access is limited. Like you said, there's an issue of, you know, getting to the courthouse there's people in the courthouse, you know, you're going to be in contact with people. Um, but I, you know, we can't say what's going to happen. I mean, I do think to a certain extent, the government is going to have to keep that access open and they've really restricted it, but I can't really see them shutting that down hundred percent, but it's more challenging. It's more challenging for everyone. I think the other thing that I'm hearing about just co-parenting relationships and work right now is that what happens when you have one parent that's kind of on the, in those frontline positions and they're a yeah. doctor or they're a police officer or in their, they're in the National Guard or even me, I'm feeling a little bit of a pinch right now with mental health, right? So definitely. what do we do with that? I mean, again, I think the answer is we, we need to come together and help each other out, but that's often really difficult in contentious cases. I also think people have to be open to searching for alternative dispute resolution methods. Um, maybe there was a family therapist that you used in the past. Um, there's a lot of attorneys who are also trained mediators and finding a mediator or a therapist who might help you just walk through the situation and what's the best outcome, what are our options in terms of outcome, help you think it through. Maybe it's not as cut and dry as maybe it seems and finding alternative ways to to solve these problems rather than going to the few judges that we do have that are available. So there, there's a lot to unpack, I guess, for anybody. What, what is some good advice for people as they're thinking about these things right now? Uh, Catherine, what about from a legal perspective? Um, well, I think I agree with Mariah that we need to think more about alternative um, dispute resolution options for people. I think that that's something everyone needs to be thinking about. Um, we need to work a little bit more collaboratively. Um, there are mediators who are doing mediations virtually and by telephone. It's not ideal because they're, yeah, it's not ideal because you're not sitting across the table from someone. It's not quite the same, but it can be very effective. And right now it's what we have and it's what we're all learning to do in all of our industries. You know, even what we're sitting here doing now, we've, we've yep. shifted the format here. Um, so I think that's something for people to think about. Um, you know, we want to progress their case. The problem is we don't want to say, you know, sorry, no one's going to be working on your case. 
and we don't want to stall anything, especially now there's more of an economic crunch on people. So we want to get their case done. We want to move it along. So we're going to try to work more collaboratively, um, have more phone conferences, maybe deal with some of these, you know, mediations the way that we can and still keep progressing people's cases along. I think that's really important for people. Mariah, what about for, from a mediation perspective? What do you think? I think it's important for people to know that it's an option. You know, if you need to change your parenting plan, you can change it yourself. If you're in agreement, you can work with a mediator, come up with a new parenting plan that fits the new normal for however long it's going to be and file that with the court. And then you have a new parenting plan that adapts to the situation. Um, and I think therapists are a good resource for that too, especially if you have a family therapist who's help you through your family situations that already knows the ins and outs of your case. Just having that third party, it doesn't have to be the judge who makes the decision for you. It just might be someone who helps you think this through. Because uh, we're all dealing with new challenges, new fears and emotions, new um, kids at home all the time, possibly, that weren't always at home all the time. When, when I told the kids from four to five, you can't do anything because we're doing a podcast, that was really well received. I'm sure. Yeah, sure. You know, like I said earlier, I've seen everyone's kids. I've seen people's dogs and cats. Yeah. Like the rules of conference calls are changing as well, but we all just need to figure out the best way to adapt so that so that our families are feeling the impact as little as possible. You know, and it's funny. I um, the way I see it, and and I think I'm the 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 least tied in in some ways because I'm from a transactional perspective on the mortgage side. You know, I do some mediation, but. The, the basis of Split Ready, Mariah, when you and I formed this company, it was about thinking about divorce kind of as the disaster you know is coming. But when you sandwich disasters, preparedness becomes even more important. And uh, it will be interesting to see the lessons learned to see if there's appendices to existing divorce decrees or where divorce decrees change to take, in this, take this stuff into account. Well, I like to think that um, most of us who help create the marital settlement agreements think that we're being very thorough. I think that we think that we're trying to think through as many contingencies and what ifs as possible so that we have, can solve those problems in the process versus <laughs> dealing with them in the future. But I challenge anyone out there to have a parenting plan that includes a pandemic. This is just something that no one really saw coming to this level. And so it's a new challenge. Amy, anything else to add before we move on? I mean, the only thing that I can say is that if you can't figure it out if you're fighting with your co-parent, I think that therapists are the, are the way to turn, right? I mean, if you can't access your attorney and you can't fight it out in court, what do you do? Probably access a therapist, you know? We can help people kind of level the emotion, figure out what the emotion behind it all is, and really make better choices for their family. I actually think of it, I mean, it's unfortunate that we're going through this, but it, maybe it's an opportunity for people to learn how to communicate better and mm -hmm. to really act in um, a more adult and collaborative way, you know? I agree. I awesome. Think it, I think it really Thanks. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.